really, this podcast was started because we wanted to be able to legitimize drinking on a Wednesday night to right. our wives. It's, it's working. So It's working. So, look, I'm still here. You're two weeks in on a baby, and, and we're doing this. What's up, disc golfers? Welcome to episode 13 of the Disc Golf Podcast. I'm Robin, along with my gracious and ever-beautiful host. Your wife? Oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm totally sleep-deprived from the baby. What's going on here? Uh, I'm Joe. I'm your co-host. Oh, okay, that's it. Disc Golf Podcast. Joe's the co-host. What's up, guys? Um, I had a realization just, actually, just a minute, or maybe like 30 seconds ago. I'm kind of bummed there's like not a holiday going on right now. Why is that? Because we've been hitting like holidays on every one of our podcasts. Yeah. Like we got, well, I mean, I guess if that's, if you consider 420 a holiday. <laughs> and then Cinco de Mayo. Right? If you consider those holiday. Cinco de Mayo's a holiday. Yeah. Why did you say it like that? <laughs> that's not very cool, dude. <laughs> Listen, I might be the, the least Mexican out of the two of us. I mean, culturally. <laughs> I I have a, a lot of Hispanic friends that don't give much of a crap about Cinco de Mayo. Well, then they don't care about their peoples. Okay. Not that it, like, was a big part of my upbringing, but, you know, it's a thing. I literally, I'll be like, hey, it's Cinco de Mayo, and they're like, what? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's Cinco de Mayo, you're right. Can we make today a holiday? Sure. What do you want it to be? I don't know. So, it's it's May 10th. Uh-huh. Um, Diez de Mayo? Is that where you're going? Oh, but like D ace, ah, like. Did you get an ace today? No. Oh well, then that's probably not a good idea. I mean, I could say I did. You know what I'm gonna do though if I ever get an ace, uh, and I'm actually upset that I have not started doing this. This is why I haven't gotten an ace. I don't remember who it was on Instagram, but you gotta pop some champagne. Oh yeah, I saw that. You gotta pop champagne after an ace. That's why I haven't gotten an ace yet. I need to just have. I need to have. A bottle of champagne. A bottle on ice in the car. Yeah. Like, I agree. if I, like, even if I'm in the furthest hole, if I'm at, like, hole 15, the furthest away from the parking lot as possible, and I hit an ace, I'll sprint to the car, get that champagne, sprint back, pop it, have a mini stroke because I can't really sprint that well in that kind of distance. Um, and then once I regain consciousness. We're rolling. <laughs> that was the elevated disc couple. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. From Instagram that posted that, which was brilliant. If they actually had champagne on hand for that, that is amazing. Like, well, I, even even I'm gonna even give them a pass if they went to the store and bought champagne and came back. That's still cool. With I them. don't believe I, that's what happened, and I think that uh, that should be a new thing. Yeah. Like people bring sharpies and they sign discs. That's cool. Just shower the basket and champagne. But you, yeah, right. Well, that's better. Like there are people who sign the baskets too. Yeah, no, don't do that. And that's not cool. Mm-mm. But if you want to spray a little champ, some yeah. bubbles, yeah. get after it. But at the same time, I don't know that I want to waste that champagne. Well, I mean, you could just put a little and then start drinking. Yeah, it. yeah. You have a little bit, yeah. or like I would even maybe swish in my mouth a little bit and then spit it on it. Like what? At least I get the taste. Okay. Listen, I'm, I like bubbles. If you keep a bottle of champagne in your vehicle, it is most likely going to be rank. Listen, I started that with on ice in my car. Uh, yeah, but how are you going to keep this thing on ice for? So just like before each disc golf round, you're going to pull it out of the fridge. Oh put, yeah, put you think you think if I play a disc golf I round, just, if I play a disc golf round round and I have a bottle of bubbles in my car, I'm not going to drink it when I get home. Yeah, I just figured this was going to devolve into you just constantly having a bottle of champagne in your car. Yeah. Right. 
Well, but it doesn't have to be the same bottle. <laughs> Just Joe has like a two-year-old bottle of Cooks in the car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's no. I I don't want that. Like the big Magnum one too. Oh, that like. I actually have to replace every three days because it just gets hot and pops and now my car is like this awful smell of like rank champagne. See Joe's name in the police reports. I promise I wasn't drinking. Like it exploded in my car. 32 year old man, multiple lacerations from exploding magnum of cooked champagne in his vehicle. I don't know that any newspaper would like go that in depth in detail. I would. If I saw that, I would definitely 100%. But like Cook's isn't even the worst anymore. It isn't? What's the worst now? Oh, I forget the name. Uh, is it Barefoot? Barefoot makes No, I, like I think bad? Barefoot is better than Cook's. I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's true. Uh, Andre? And, you're right, okay. Andre? Andre is worse than Cook's. Listen, and this is like Northern California. Like, I bet there's like equal awful champagne. Actually, I bet champagne away from this region. Well, it's really not champagne either. It's well, it, it's it's sparkling wine. Sparkling wine, yes. Because we're not in the champagne region of France. We are not. Well, that's why I call it bubbles. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we're in wine country, so... I don't... Is Cook's everywhere? I have no idea. Like, I wonder if there's just, like, a... A different brand Horrible of, garbage, of like, Michigan horrible champagne. Horrible champagne in yeah. every region of the United States. Yeah. That well, it's like it's like what it is is they have like white wine from local restaurants that when a couple leaves like half a bottle they just yeah. pump some CO two in it and pop a cork in. <laughs> the urinal roots directly to the <laughs> It it's that bad. So I've no idea, to be honest. I'm sure that there are regional uh brands of terrible champagne that is based on the remnants of bottom shelf white wine. That has then been. This yeah. is a great question for our friend Spencer. Oh, I our, bet he's, he's going to be a wine scientist. Our, our resident sommelier, right? He's not a som. Or he'd like he? to be. Oh, okay. I think he'll get there. Love you. But he's totally going friends. to France, so. Oh, is he for real? I don't know. Oh, I thought, I thought that's inside knowledge. No, I don't. Um, hey, Robin. Yes. Remember when we made a bet, like, episode maybe like two, three? <sighs> Maybe. About uh, sports center top whenever, ten. Whenever you bring stuff up, I know it's going to be bad for me. Well, maybe you should start bringing stuff up. No. Uh, but we made a bet. Talking about over under, sports center top ten. We did. We did. And I put an outlandish six on the board. Yeah. That I'm pretty positive you made fun of me for a good like I three did. or four minutes. One hundred percent of that insane I, number. I did. And you took the over. And uh, I took the under because I was thinking that there wouldn't be enough excellent footage aces up there. But apparently disc golf is more popular than I gave it well, credit Well, I for. also brought up the fact that the ability to film is getting better. Yep. There's better quality videos coming out. More stuff's getting sent in. Hey, it is uh, May 10th. Mm-hmm. How many Sports Center Top 10 videos have there been? There have been three. So, less than six months in the year. Yep. Already halfway there. Yep. Yep. Totally going to nail it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we'll, I hope so. I hope so. I really do. I honestly do. First of all, because we didn't bet anything in particular. Well, we should, we should put something on so, right now. Oh. Are, well. you, are you still feeling strong? You're just, you're trying to talk down about it still. You still feel good about it? No, I do not at all. Oh, well, that's I, no fun. I think, I think you should, though. I think, I, I think that... For principle, you, we need to I, put well, something no, on this. Well, no, of course, I will hold myself to that bet. 
But okay, so we can do a similar one to our uh, Dynasty podcast that we did in the past. By the way, check out uh, the Dynasty That is a uh, I would say it's a fantasy football podcast, but it's really like only about our league. Yeah, it's a so Dynasty League is a fantasy football league where you uh, keep players from year it's to keeper year. League, yeah. So we have an ongoing uh, Dynasty football league that we actually originally did podcasts for last year, and it's going to keep going this year. And so that's kind of what spurred us to do this podcast because we had so much fun doing that that we're like, football season was over, we didn't want the train to stop. Yeah, and disc golf doesn't stop. That's right. Can't stop, won't stop. Uh, so anyway, so in that podcast, we had a bet, I believe. We went head-to-head that first week. And we made it a 16-ounce beverage of choosing. No. Correct? No. I don't want to do that. Uh, I think you should do that. Listen, there's still a chance that you could win. And I I won that that matchup. And this is why I'm I'm so afraid of this if you're listening at home. And I hope you are. Because I made Joe drink a 16-ounce watermelon Smirnoff ice black. Yeah. That was the drink. I think it was like a triple X black, too. It was like some weird... And it was 8%. Like, if, if you slowly mount, melted a watermelon Jolly Rancher with rubbing alcohol, that's what this No, it would taste better than what that was. It, that's pretty much what it was. Yeah. So this is a terrifying bet. But I'm in. Oh, good. Because I was going to say, like, <laughs> I wouldn't get you that again because I already had that. We know what that tastes like. Or you at least know what it smells like oh. because it was rank. God, I hope you can't. I hope that's been discontinued. It's probably illegal. I'm oh, gu- I'm not going to get it again. I'm guessing it's illegal. Don't worry. I've seen cool things that say like Moscow Mule on them yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, actually, and I believe that not only was it a 16 ounce, it was a, it was a shotgun. It was. It was. I don't want to do that. I mean, I'll, I'll just be... <laughs> I don't want to do that. I mean, I will. <laughs> that's that's my moniker. We actually we'll, talked about this. We'll work on that. We talked about that before our, our, uh, our podcast last week that that's kind of just my MO, where it's like, ugh, I really don't want to drink that. I mean, I will, <laughs> but I don't really want to. You know, like my wife will, like, have, like, a blue moon and drink a quarter of it and be like, I'm tired, I'm going to bed, do you want the rest of this? No, I don't want it. Wait, don't pour it out. Don't waste it. <laughs> don't, I mean, yeah, I'll drink it. I won't be happy, but I'll drink it. That's what you're going to be with this. Yeah, Six well, good, but it's not set. I mean, and and the good thing is, it, is it's more uh, coverage, more exposure for this wonderful sport that we. And love. by the way, if we missed any, please let us know. I would love no, to up I, I that think, number. I think three's the total. I do too. Uh, there was there was that one from the the college uh, world championships, um, and then there was Paul McBeth with his trick shot yep. out the window, which a little shaky. I don't know if this counts. What was it on Sports Center top ten? Yes, technically it was. Okay, but well then we don't need a butt. Uh, it was on SportsCenter Top 10 and it was disc fine, golf. Fine, Was he throwing a disc into a basket? But he was pretending to wake up from a bed and then throw a disc out the window. How do you know he didn't just wake up from bed and throw a disc out the window? Uh, I don't. I, was it the four or five discs that were on the ground yeah, next and, to the basket and from the, previous takes? And that he was fully dressed in his gear for the day? I don't know, maybe. You don't know he doesn't sleep in his gear? I'm. He might, actually. He might. He might get pumped the night before... Put that gear on and be ready to go. Yeah. And then finally there was Macbeth's ace from uh, Thursday of last week like when we Connell recorded Pichte. last one where he had a big time ace, like 360 And if feet. you'd like to hear an awesome call 
on that ace. You should listen to our last podcast because uh, Robin nailed a pretty awesome ace call en espanol. I, I played it for uh, one of my coworkers, and he said I kind of got it. That counts. I, I I took his win. He was like he was like yeah I get it. I, he threw to me. Yeah, I got it. Cool. <laughs> That's that is a win. So very little knowledge of, of disc golf for for this person, but but he told me that I at least like kind of like said something that was remotely correct in Spanish. Well, and you like you had the cool like commentator vocals. I think it worked. I was into it. I, I think it would greatly improve the, the uh, disc golf commentary if, if we just adopted that general excitement for for everything. I know. Well, someday, so, uh, it's going to happen. Someday you and I are going to commentate on some disc golf, and we'll just get amped. Yeah. Get because, if, you know what, like, I get the whole, like, well, we're kind of similar to ball golf because of this, but we don't need that. I mean, yeah. if you're on the course, if you're Terry Miller and you're... 15 feet away from someone driving, like, for sure. I yeah. get it. No, like, that, whisper, that's exactly be nice what and he's calm. doing, yeah. But if I'm sitting in a room watching replays, get amped. Let's get yeah. jacked. I'm down. All right. I yeah. probably might have a drink or two prior or during, that's a which funny, might help that. That's a funny thing about golf and in just in general with other sports that's totally different. Noise is a huge factor in, in other sports like baseball and football and basketball. Just un- mitigated noise from the crowd going through and yet in golf it's like everybody's got to be silent and and all these sorts of things we got to be quiet they're going to hit the ball and perfect concentration whereas like if you're on the road in the nba you got to hit a free throw to someone shaking their ass at you and or and like, like those little like an thunder entire, sticks or whatever yeah, like an entire stadium thousands behind the basket so i don't know yeah We've, we've talked in the past about it being a, a foul to, to talk in someone's backswing or yep. when they're putting, and it is. It sucks. But a lot of these it other does. sports. It does. But how many times does that happen that I like? Would I have shanked it anyways? Yeah. Eh, there's probably a decent yeah. chance, but it's a, it's a lot easier to turn and be like, yeah. bro. And there's, there's, a, there's a difference be, between constant noise, like constant loud noise, and like a, an abrupt, unexpected noise that happens when you're trying to concentrate. Yeah, that is totally true. Because yeah. I'm totally someone that, like... Steve Perry. Here and there, I'm totally down to have my headphones in and be, like, blasting metal while I play. Like, I'm totally fine with that. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it calms me. I like listening to nature when I play. And chains. That's also... Mostly just chains. Yeah. Actually, that's what my headphones... When I had my headphones in, it's just chains constantly banging. <laughs> it's the whole time. Ching! <laughs> I, like, actually, I just... I pull out this mic for our podcast and just shake chains... I just do it for like that is not, hours on end. That is not the same. No wonder you miss so many putts. That is not the same sound. Well, I make that sound all the time when I chain out. Okay. Fair I enough. like hit weak side and it doesn't go in, but I shake some chains. From you getting angry at the basket and like. That hasn't happened in a long time. Fair enough. That is the worst. That's the worst ever where you're like three feet out and you're like, damn it, and you just slam it in and it pops right out or goes through the chains out the other side. And, then you, and then you quickly look around to see if everyone was looking. And even if they weren't, you still let them know that you did it because you feel bad about the thought of lying. Because you deserve that Because you, yeah, you deserve that extra stroke. That is awful. That is awful. I think it's time we talked about the tournaments that went down over the weekend before we spiraled deeper into that rabbit hole. Oh, because I was going down I know. Too. Like I, I, had, could, I could tell. I have more to say. So I could tell. Thank you for saving us. I, I could tell. 
So we had the uh, second disc, disc golf world tour event, the Kanapiste Open uh, in the Czech Republic, which was a very exciting tournament that that came down to the wire again um, with with some great action between Paul McBeth, KJ Naibo, and Simon Lazat, who came back from the chase card to tie and go into a playoff with Naibo and Paul McBeth. Dude, which beast mode, man. We have just been completely blessed with all of this great down-to-the-wire. We had three-way playoffs the week before. We just had lots of great finishes in these events, and this was no different. Really, really incredible play. There was a, a highlight of Lazat hitting a Anheuser a, approach, a putt approach shot that was beautiful to get an eagle. He just had a red-hot final round to yep. force a playoff. And just just played perfect. He hit a he hit what looked like probably I don't know maybe a forty some forty forty footer to to force that playoff. And this yep. was before he knew he, that fit, he was even yeah running that hot before the and and uh, I mean it's like Macbeth and Naibo had a chance if they birdied the final hole they could have gone to a playoff alone. But they both uh, got pars and so Lazat's birdie on his on his final put him in that playoff. So. It's like I called it a few weeks ago about him getting hot and, and playing well. And he is playing great. Granted, you said no doubt Paul McBeth wins this one. And, we, we both did. And I said Naibo would play well. That, yeah. But we still you don't Wait, you, don't step yourself away saying listen, that you didn't say Paul McBeth was going to win. I did. I did. Okay, yeah. I thought he was, for sure. For sure. Neither, did. neither of us really had love for Simon in this one, though. We we both left him out of our top three. Did we really? We did. I'm sorry, Simon. We did. It, it, it won't happen again. We, uh, we thought that it would... I think I think I said uh, Macbeth, uh, Naibo, Sexton. I can't Okay, but what's like really important is overall Disc Golf World Tour standings, right? Yeah. Because that's what we all really care about. Yeah, because we, we all totally know. I have no idea. Listen, Paul I mean, Macbeth's got to be... Yeah. He's got to be number one still. Yeah, I would think so. Purely because Simon finished, like, what, seventh or mm-hmm. something in the first one. Yeah. But it's going to be a real race, which I'm stoked for, because I think we probably even made jokes after that first one on this podcast about, like, Paul McBeth's just going to win Disc Golf World Tour yeah. outright. And it's it's going to be a grind, and that's yeah. super exciting. Yeah. Um, and we are seeing the top-level competitors rise to challenge Paul McBeth this year. You know, he had his incredible year with his Grand Slam last year, and now we're seeing Ricky take his game to what looks like a new level. Oh, Simon Rick is, is playing much it. more consistent we'll after a, a kind of shaky start to this year. He is now, looks like he's firing on all cylinders. Uh, you've got Nate Sexton that has played some terrific golf, um, and and then you've got Naivo that is, uh, you know, probably the best European player mm-hmm. that, that played extremely well in this one, too. Well... Once again, Simon is a European player. Yeah, that's I, you're right. You, we always forget that. It's I know. Really easy I've, to. Like, I've adopted him as. Yeah, as, totally. Yeah, which is understandable. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but the other dudes are. You know, I don't know. I'm excited. It's really good golf. I'm. I'm still kind of bewildered though by Paul McBeth. You know, it's usually like any. If you would have said. Even last week, but pretty much at the start of the year or the end of last year, if you said. Paul McBeth was going to be in a tie for first with mm-hmm. a hole to go. Yeah. Every single time I'd put my money on him yeah. finishing first. Exactly, because that's been the the kind of hallmark of his of his young career is that he 
is a clutch player. Mm-hmm. You know, he comes through, he makes that tough shot to win. He he holds off other players in playoffs, and uh, that hasn't been the case the last few tournaments. Right, and it's like there was a comment that came out about like another player who, <laughs> if he was in a clutch moment at the end, he was for sure going to lose. Mm-hmm. I believe but, Joe is referring to Paul McBeth's comments about Ricky Wysocki. And how has Wysocki done in uh, playoffs this year and or just in general? Why, if there was a player that was that was hotter than Simon Lazat right now, I'd say it'd be Ricky Wysocki. Totally. He is playing some of the best golf of his career at the moment. And yeah, he is just blowing people out of the water. And he had probably one of the more incredible uh, final rounds at the Kansas City Wide Open, which is the other tournament, the other A-tier that happened that had most of the American pros at it. And the final day was a rainy, cold, wet day, and uh, Ricky just went out and blew everyone out of the out of the water, throwing a throwing a fifty six. Uh, Cam Todd had a had a great round that day, also. So did Johnny McRae, but uh, Ricky Wysocki just out of the gates shot a fifty two, another fifty two, and then a fifty six. In awful weather, like in bad weather, to win by seven strokes. What What's the new nickname for? So I saw the hashtag rain, Raincoat Ricky. That's so going awesome. Out, which is great. I I'm loved it. I'm so yeah. down with that. It was perfect. Who, who finished fourth over there? Uh, who, who finished fourth with Cam Todd? Uh, Nate Doss. My boy. I believe on the last podcast, I said that Ricky Wysocki was going to win by six to seven strokes. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. That's fine. Which, to I be honest. I just want to talk a little bit more about it's how not cool like Nate Doss It's not earth shattering prediction, but. Yeah. He's, well, he's hot. He's just playing that He's well. rolling yeah. so well. Which brings me to something I brought up, I don't even know, some podcasts ago, and I think there's super validity to it. He's now had over a full year throwing trilogy discs. Okay. He knows them. He's got them beat to do what he wants. And I could see that being, even the last like three years, going to Prodigy and trying mm-hmm. to figure it out. And not only that, like he's come out and said like not blatantly anything bad about Prodigy, but there were holes in his bag that Prodigy didn't have. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to have that problem with Trilogy because it's three different brands coming together. Because yeah. he throws, he's Latitude, but uh, Dynamic Disc and West Side all kind of fit in that they world. Do. Yeah. Uh, so he's found the discs he likes. He knows how to throw them well. Mm-hmm. And, and he's crushing it. I mean, it, there's no doubt that more time with the plastic that he's throwing is helpful. But I, I. I would like to think his speech classes are helping him play better. It's apparent that he has also had some coaching in his public speaking. He has. He, he brought it up. He brought it up, um, I think, on, on Final Round. I listened to uh, yeah. like him talk about it. That's something he wanted to work on. And I'll be honest, it's something that I've talked to Robin about in the past, that it's hard. it was really hard to watch him interview mm-hmm. or talk about like his in-the-bag, something like that. It just like the train of thoughts would roll over. His speech patterns were abrupt, yeah. and there was a lot of like run-on and fillers. Not that we don't have a good amount of fillers <laughs> on our own, but he's doing a lot better. Like he is he speaking is very a well. A lot better. His most recent in the bag was was very good. Right, and that also that that in the bag showed that he knew his discs, mm-hmm. and he was bombing those things. Yeah, 
It also yeah. doesn't help when you can throw like I know. 600 forehand and backhand. I love it when you got a, a pro in the bag. Ricky was sitting there and he's talking about a putter, the shield, <laughs> which is, you know, a, an overstable putter nonetheless. But he's like, you know, for shots like 350 to 375 feet, I use this this shield and gets out there. But I'm like, yeah. <laughs> he's like this super overstable disc and he flips it out and it turns yeah. for super long and comes back. So yeah, it's just amazing to watch someone do something. I mean, that's a really, really long ways to throw a putter. Okay. I mean, that's it. You know, what we can start doing. We're enough in the season. Like if you paid it in any other sports on like Bleacher Report or ESPN, they start putting power rankings out super early. Uh huh. They update it weekly. Okay. Let's do. Let's start like a. Should we start our power rankings? Let's start a power rankings. Okay. So so. Let's start at five and move up to one. Five to one. Okay. That's three to one. I don't know. I'm making this up right now. I know. I know you are. <laughs> uh, let's go three to one, just so because. Because I feel like there's a lot. I'd have to think about it more to get that four and five spot. I know there, there's probably four players that that I think vie for that spot, but I think the top three, okay. in my mind, are extremely clear. So we can each have our th- our three. Yeah. So you you give your three first, and then I'll give mine if it differs. So right now, I think that Paul McBeth is still the number one player. In the okay. World. I just I just do. But I said I want you to start at three and move to one, Robin. Uh. Well, I wasn't listening. Okay, start with three. Who's number three? We know your number one is. <laughs> Who's your number three? So, uh, number three, I think, is Nate Sexton. Okay. I'm going to go Simon Lasat. Okay. Uh, Lasat is playing well. He's got momentum. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's similar. He has all those shots. And and arguably, I mean, there's there's Wiggins there, too, but arguably the biggest arm on... Yeah. And just sheer talent alone. Yeah. You know, he he's... He's just All right, a so you got Sexton. entertainer. Sexton, he's just Who's... Con- experienced, intelligent, consistent player for Sexton. Uh, you know, he's going to be there every time. Yeah. And so he's proven that he can get into those playoffs. Two is Ricky Wysocki. Yeah. So. I'm I'm going Paul McBeth. Yeah. I thought you were. Yep. I'm going Paul McBeth. And, I, I don't... and it's week to week. It's week to week. Yeah. So it could totally change. But right now... I would I would take Ricky in a in a tournament, especially. Well, you know it's coming back. Well, never mind. I I will. When we talk about upcoming tournaments, I might change it. Yeah. But I, absolutely, I I I you can make the argument that right now Ricky is playing better than Paul McBeth, but we've still yet to see that head to head with them. It's been right. it's been some time. And so, Paul McBeth hasn't really been Paul McBeth yet this year, and so, it's there. Like it's it, yeah. it didn't so wash away. I still think that Paul McBeth is is the number one. Mm-hmm. He's still you know rating wise he still is, uh, and and I just I think that when it comes down to it by the by the time we get to the end of this year we're still going to be talking about Paul McBeth as the best player in the world. Yeah, I think so. So. I think there's a good chance. I'm looking think, a little bit. I think Rick has a total chance. He does to take absolutely, that away. and so does Simon, and and other other up and coming players like Eagle mm-hmm. that have you know huge amount of talent and and just need to put a few other few other pieces together to really really challenge and be as consistent as the top pros. Um, not that they aren't top pros, but absolutely. The other we one thing that we kind of 
glossed over or missed. We we had so much to cover last week, but we didn't quite talk about it. But one thing I think we should cover is uh, Katrina Allen yeah, and, and the, the women's card, the FPO of, of these previous tournaments. Because Katrina Allen, who is now the the best female player in the world. Hands down. Better than, than a lot of male Men, pro players, yeah. no no doubt, has just been on an absolute tear and winning now every tournament she's played in this year and winning by right, just not crushing. Close. Aside from um, what, Memorial? Yeah, that that she won over where Paige missed that putt. Right, and that was yeah. a good playoff even. So it's still, she definitely could have won that, but she's handily been taking care of business. You know... I feel like she's been playing out of her mind since Disc Golf World Tour. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. You know, for me... Where she played on the in the Open Division. Yep. So Disc Golf World Tour, I, I don't want to say controversially, but there was, yeah, some, there was some question about it. But the Disc Golf World Tour does not have a female Open Division like traditionally most tournaments do. Right. The Disc Golf World Tour is one Open Division... Uh, women can compete in that, you know, alongside men. And Katrina Allen did do that. Um, so and she, and she did well. She yeah, really she did. did. Uh, so and she had a lot of really bad breaks, some putts that rolled away. Mm-hmm. She could have done even better than she did, but it was. I mean, she's an incredible player. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. So um, I grew up playing music. Not like in a cool way, not like classically trained or anything, but the best I ever got playing music was when I played with people that were way above my skill level mm-hmm. and like forced me to like grind to get to their level. Yeah. Same thing with like disc golf. Like I've gotten better by playing with people that are better than me. That's the way to do it. No doubt. Like play play with them dudes that are, are crushing it. It's gonna And help don't be you afraid again. of it. No. You know, and that was Embrace kind of it. There, Kick some butt. There, there was a lot of there was you know, a lot of back not that and the forth. other women don't play with men because they for sure do. They do. I'm sure yeah. in their in their time yeah. away from the tournaments. But it, it she's been on an incredible run, and her win at the Glassblown Open was impressive, to say the least. And uh, I think she's going. She's got a big win streak going. Yeah, like like seven plus tournaments. And she's just dusting people. Yeah, like, it's not it's not close. You know, it, it turns into. Uh, the race for second, third, fourth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just it's fun to watch. She's she's dominant. She's uh, you know outgoing. She's she's a beautiful woman, which also helps. But uh, she's got incredible form. Also, just when you watch the her driving form, it's it's near flawless. There's like the, follow through and stuff. Yeah. I don't know about those things. It's but they exist. But we didn't we didn't mean to gloss over, over no, her accomplishment that last week. We ran long on that episode; it was like an hour and twenty minutes, trying to get through all the stuff that we missed from from me baby being, time from me having a baby, yeah, from Robin being a jerk and <laughs> father being and a, a child. father for a second time. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, one thing that we covered in a previous episode that we kind of started as a series, but we we left it off in the last few episodes i'll also blame the baby i've learned you know you know it works great when you're behind on something if you blame the fact that you just had a baby like people are like oh that's great 
Yeah, well, I can't. I've, it's it's always been three years for me. But, so I mean, I can't really... but I mean, you could do it. You'd be like, oh, you know, I've been trying to do it, but my friend Robin just had yeah, a baby. Yeah, he's had a baby, you know. It's, it's just stressing me out. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. is the baby healthy? Well, yeah, like, well, yeah, it's fine. fine. But it's just, you know, it's tough on me. Yeah. Because I don't have Robin with me all yeah. the time. Robin's not on his A game, and it makes it a lot yeah. harder to. Well, no, the, but the cool thing is we call it a series. It's not a weekly series, it's just a series. Just like, a we'll series. get to it. Like, it took us 10 episodes to get to our etiquette piece that we introduced in like the second episode exactly but the series was know your plastic where we wanted to discuss get it disc yeah i got you uh the various plastics of the various disc manufacturers out there and this week we want to do dynamic discs and they are uh, dynamic discs is an up and coming company if there if there ever was one in disc golf right i don't even know if you call them up and coming more i, I mean they're they're, they're established they're, they're they're established like i think they're right there with like discraft at this but point but compared to yeah like definitely but compared to you know innova and things like that they they're relatively young but right. their owner uh rusco is is very aggressive and and made some has, great partnerships yep. and they're 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 awesome. They've been doing great, and they've produced a lot of really great discs. And we want to talk about their plastic. So their their first the the kind of lowest end on their plastic. Is... Well, here's I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt you. So if you're playing the drink game at home, <laughs> now now it's time to drink. I will. Um, we're gonna base pretty much all of our plastics, or uh, if we all of our comparisons are gonna be to Innova. And we'll compare to other ones when it's relevant as well. Totally. Like but when we point, do Discraft, which will most likely be next, we'll compare to, to all of them. We'll build on it yes, as it goes. Yes, so we'll yes. say, you know. Um, but like, Innova is what we're like the most confident with. We know the best. So we're going to make comparisons to Innova. I just wanted to give you a heads up. So if you don't know how we kind of feel about that, head back to, I don't know, seven or eight. <laughs> I, I wish I could tell you which episode. Listen to them all. Uh, you'll hear, but I just wanted to give that kind of heads up when we talk about... Yeah. We are going to make comparisons. For one reason, that's the only one we've reviewed on the podcast. So we'll make comparisons to that, that previous one so that you can understand if you're a long-time listener uh, based on what that was. But the the first plastic for dynamic discs is prime plastic. Right, which, which is it, their their bottom-of-the-line... That's their beginner plastic. A soft plastic. Yep. Typically uh, for putters. But they, well, it's, so that's the, the, the difference. So Prime, they do run the majority of their discs. Like they do their mm-hmm. Truth in Prime. Gotcha. I think they do um, Enforcer maybe in Prime. I think they do, So yeah. they, they do a hand, they do their full like mainstay mm-hmm. discs in Prime. It's like their DX. Yes. So if you think about Innova and DX, like you can get pretty much every disc in the Innova catalog in dx mm-hmm. similar with prime um it's like the ready to use yeah. cheap uh get you going plastic if it hits a rock or a fence you're going to have a ding in it right and it's going to be not meant to to be a long-term durable plastic right. but it is a affordable plastic yes that that is is great it's also for some of the discs if you want to wear them in a little quicker to get some different flight lines it that's what yeah. you can get it in. well that's what i was going to say too so something i've noticed with dynamic discs and i have a handful of dd discs that i have owned or currently own have thrown or currently throw and i feel like these are a lot more true to i guess their numbers or what you hear about them right out of the box mm-hmm. we talked about innova discs and um 
Stability is usually up on their more premium plastics, like right out of the box. Mm-hmm. is not necessarily the same uh, in my mind. Like I feel like they're kind of close to those numbers right away. And so the less premium plastic you get, um, the quicker it's just going to... Going to wear in. Going to wear in. So it's, yeah. it's already worn. It's going to throw pretty much exactly what you think it's going to be out of the box when you have like a prime disc. But that will quickly change into something less stable. Yeah. Um, so I actually carry prime judges. Yes. So I, uh, and we'll get to classic in a second. I started with classic and I moved to prime purely for cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, I want to get a handful of them. They're way cheap. I'm going to check it out, and if they feel good, that's what I'll stay with. Which is always an excellent idea for those of you. If you have a particular putter you like, buy 10 of them. Yep. Uh, and if, if you like a judge, I'm telling you right now, Classic is cool. All the Classic, Medium, Soft, BT, all that. Great. Prime is right there. Mm-hmm. It's going to beat a little bit faster. But if you buy 10 of them and you spend 75 bucks, like you're you're good. Yeah. You yeah. can you can just so for me basically at this point with like my prime judges, if it's too beat, like I just get new ones and it's okay. And I have a stack for putting at home or putting when there's no wind, and I know I have fresh ones that are gonna fly the same every time. Yeah. Um it feels good. It, it's a <clears throat> you know, it's a little chalkier, like tacky plastic. I dig I dig the prime plastic. For my putters, I honestly don't think I would throw any other mm-hmm. type of disc in this plastic. Yeah. Gotcha. The next one is uh, is classic, which is a slightly firmer version of the prime plastic. Well, there's also like four different classics. We're just gonna go. We're just gonna call it classic. Classic, right? But yeah, there's there's super soft. There's there's BT, right? BT. Yeah, there's soft. There's medium. There, there's a handful of different styles of classic. So let's see. Yeah, that. there's classic blend, classic soft, classic super soft, and then classic. Right. So there's multiple different versions of the the classic, but essentially you're taking a step up in the durability of the plastic right. from prime to classic. You're mm-hmm. going to get a, a harder plastic that is going to, you know, hang on to its shape and not nick right. as easily right which, off. Which a lot of people are into. I'm probably yeah. one of the few people who is totally fine with like my prime, like a little bit softer putter. Mm-hmm. I'm totally fine with that. Like, I know you throw McPros, which are... Very firm. A, a very firm plastic. Yeah. A lot of people dig that. And so maybe you want to look more at the, the classic, different classics. Yeah. And they do uh, make a soft, but if you go with the straight classic... soft, soft. It's, yeah. If you go with the straight classic uh, judge or um, along those lines, you'll get a fairly firm disc that, that is going to, you know, get you what you're looking yep. for if that's what you want. Uh, and also... You can drive these off the tee. Right. As far as I know, and I could be wrong, as far as I know, Classic is pretty much only for putters. Is it? Okay. I don't know. I, I could totally be wrong. I have only ever seen Judges in Classic. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, oh, you the only plastic you've Okay. That could be. They, I think they've got a couple other things in it, too. Okay. I, I believe. The next one is Biofusion, which is... Essentially, dynamic discs recycled line. Right. So it'd be so, like Eco from. So like Eco Star mm-hmm. uh, from from Innova, something along those lines. And it is an opaque plastic, just like the first two that were also opaque. You can't see through them at all, but it, you can kind of see some swirl to it. It's not an even color on the biofusion. Right. Because what they do is like when they have like big X outs or um, any pieces that they shave off, any of that stuff. Basically, they just get all their big chunks together and melt them down and make new discs out of it. I believe that is accurate. Uh, 
So uh, biofusion, it reminds me most of, of kind of a, uh, like the EcoStar or something along those lines. It's a great plastic. I have a Claymore in this and well, a Judge. Well, it's not. Sorry. That's Granted. West Side, right? So it's, it's West Side, but still. It's a different plastic. They're different. They're very similar. We'll talk about the other trilogy yeah. plastics at a different time, um, but it's a good kind of representation of what it might be. But yeah, I do have a, a very most similar to a biofusion judge, and I technically, I guess, we'll leave the claymore to another yeah. time. Fine. Yeah. You know. Sorry about that. <laughs> but uh, it's a nice, grippy plastic, very durable, mm-hmm. very much a, a plastic that you can drive with. There's even though it's it says recycled line, but this is right. a this is a premium plastic, despite uh, despite that label to it. So. Right, and it's so it's you know like you said, EcoStar. It's similar, you know, if you if you put it against uh, an Innova line, we would say Star is the thing it's most mm-hmm. similar to. It's definitely, I think, maybe a little more glossy almost than mm-hmm. Star. And there's also Straight Fusion, which right. we'll we'll talk about next because it is essentially the non-recycled version right. of Biofusion. So, and they, like you said, that's the Star plastic. Yeah. If you're equating. Which we are, because so, that's easiest for us to do. So a very durable plastic, has some grip to it, uh, you know, a little bit of tack to, to the feel of the disc, uh, is always going to be opaque. Uh, but, but so there's fusion and biofusion. And right. next we have lucid. Lucid plastic is a semi-transparent blend of plastic that Usually. is... Usually, there's a couple. The white ones, uh, we have a white lucid truth. That yeah, that, which we reviewed last week, so you can see pictures of that. Last week, you cannot see through it all. But there's a little bit of, of uh, a fade to it in there. And this is another premium plastic. Very, very durable. You know, yes, definitely. Extremely hard to, to put nicks in this. You have to throw it into some hard rocks or metal, something like that. Normal wear and tear is, is not going to happen quickly on on the lucid plastic it's a terrific plastic most comparable to champion plastic right and that's the thing like i was saying too their plastic is is out of the box really similar to the numbers that they give you Mm -hmm. like there's not a big wear and tear period to get it beat into where you want Mm -hmm. um and the great thing is because of that out of the box you know your lucid and your fusion discs are going to fly how you want and they're going to stay like that for a long time yes they will and uh, great plastic very durable like Joe said, it's going to take a long time to beat in. It's going to take, it's going to maintain its flight character characteristics for a long time. Uh, you know, great premium plastic. This runs through their entire line. Yep. The the lucid plastic and fusion too. Yep. So does fusion. So and then there's lucid air, which is when they inject air bubbles right. into so the light, mold, lightweight discs to make the disc lighter, mm-hmm. which makes it easier to throw it at, at greater distance or for lower arm speed. You can replicate, um, with that same mold and bad news for wind. So very similar to, to blizzard plastic mm-hmm. or, uh, Innova. Um, the next one is fluid, which is a flexible version of what we consider to be the the fusion line so uh, you you still get a more um a a tacky plastic but you get more pliability they advertise it as being their disc for cold weather so 
oftentimes in cold weather, discs get more firm and more rigid. So the more flexible plastic right. gives you better grip. And vice versa, really hot weather, yeah. it might be a little more than you want it to Really be. hot weather, you might have a flapjack in your hand. Right. So it's similar to uh, Dave Denapace's G-Star yeah. plastic. Of which we love dearly. Yes. Yeah. So uh, fluid, very similar to, to G-Star. Then we have Moonshine, which is their glow plastic, which is Fusion. It's just... It's Glow Fusion. It's Glow Fusion. It's the same exact thing. Uh, so... Or, sorry, Glow Lucid. Right. Glow correct. Lucid. Sorry, sorry. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, it's similar to... And it was yeah. the same thing. Glow Plastic is is Glow Plastic. And the Glow works really well. Yeah. And they're pretty. I love Glow Plastic. I we really actually do. each... We both have Moonshine Enforcers that we, we will... Review at some point. Yeah. And that, if you come up with an awesome beer for that, let us know. We have a few ideas, but we're still trying to find that one that, still trying to, that hits trying, home perfectly. Trying to nail one down. But the the Moonshine Plastic is great. Looks terrific uh, and, and you know, flies nicely, too. And the Moonshine um, logo is, like, really cool, too. Yeah, I, like it. I agree. I agree. It's a good disc. Pretty disc. Yes. I threw out a picture of the Moonshine Enforcer on Instagram. Oh, you did? Yes. A few weeks back. So, took a picture of it at night. Uh because it's glow disc, and that's it, it, what it, I do with glow discs, because they're cool. You didn't Photoshop it? I did not. I Yet? No. I, I probably won't. <laughs> you don't really need to. I mean, if it's glowing, I don't need to do anything to that's, it. That's true. Too, so, too shy. Same with Sexton. But that's dynamic disc plastic. So we had, uh, they had prime plastic, we had classic plastic, uh, biofusion, regular fusion, lucid... lucid. Lucid air, fluid, fluid and moonshine. And moonshine. So that's your kind of quick guide to dynamic disc plastic. <clears throat> I think the main ones of note, you know, lucid is is probably what I would consider to be their their best plastic. Yep, for me that's my in, favorite. In my opinion, that's my favorite for for any of the molds of of the disc that they have out there. Um, and and then we get to putters. You know, whether you want prime or classic. That's that's uh, you know up to you and the and I'd say if you're, you're if you're for. super into classic and you haven't tried prime, try it. Yeah, just try it. I yeah. mean, it's it's cool. <clears throat> I like it. Um, I have yet to extensively. I I've yet to throw a fluid disc. I've held them, but yeah. I've yet to throw one. So uh, I'm not. I'm... I, I I have. Um, I've noticed they're a little, and I could be totally wrong, and maybe it's just the one <clears> disc <throat> I had. It was more stable than uh, my regular fusion disc. Okay. Out of the bag. Makes sense. So, a little more okay. stable. Um, and I really didn't don't know how it beats because I didn't, I didn't have it for that long. Yeah. It's actually one that I lost, unfortunately. Gotcha. But uh, but it, Lucid's been around for, for quite some time and is a, a terrific plastic. I, I, can't, I have no complaints about this plastic. Feels great. you got the durability. Um, you know, I have uh, the, the Moonshine Enforcer mm-hmm. that I've thrown around, which is a... A great disc, and then I have a some a lucid judge. I think I got. We have a lucid truth running around here we somewhere. We got this Emac truth. Yeah, and uh, so great, great feeling plastic, durable. You know, can take a beating. Super out there. durable. Like yeah. I, like I said last week, this truth, I totally threw into some trees and rocks before you even had a chance to throw it, and you had no clue. Yeah, absolutely none. So, that's it for dynamic disc plastic. And now it's time check them for... out. They've got. A lot of great stuff. And now it's time to get to the, the heart of the episode. This is why you're listening, let's this be is, honest. This is why we do this. If To be 100% honest, if we couldn't drink a beer during this podcast, we wouldn't do it. Oh, no. So No, listen, when we started this podcast, 
It was never for money. Mm-hmm. The thing that we told ourselves was someday, maybe we can get some free beer. Yeah. Maybe we can get some free discs. And that day was last week. And it's money. Well, the, the free beer. So far. Discs were We've got, on. and you'll find out soon, hopefully, it'll, it'll be here probably soon-ish. We got another free beer that's coming that you'll yeah. hear about that I'm super excited about. Yeah. And we're still reaching out. Hopefully, we'll get some more of that coming in. Um, Absolutely. Maybe at some point, some, some discs, but I'm not holding my breath. But we're glad that this podcast has taken off and we've got people reaching out and, and sending us their love. Yeah, so, we actually have a few good ones that were submitted, so yeah. we're going to be coughing up some discs pretty soon here. Absolutely. But really, this podcast was started because we wanted to be able to legitimize drinking on a Wednesday night to right. our wives. It's, it's working. So It's working. So Look, I'm still here. You're two weeks in on a baby and, and we're doing this. So this week, we are going to cover a... Distance Driver by Innova, the boss, along with Arrogant Bastard Ale, which is its own brand and name. That but it's is also an offshoot of Stone, stone brewing. brewing. Yeah. But a very popular beer that now comes in six packs of tall cans, which is awesome. Um, and by tall, we mean 16 ounce cans, but it's amazing. So we figured Boss, Arrogant Bastard makes sense. Like, you know when, like, uh, a product comes out and someone's like, oh, that's a game changer? Mm-hmm. This might be a life changer. Mm-hmm. These six packs are awesome. Uh, I probably noticed these six packs three weeks ago. Yeah. And I have easily bought more than three of these six packs. I, I don't doubt that. I'd say that's even a conservative it estimate. It is. It is. Which I share with friends. Yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. So, Arrogant Bastard... Well, I say we start on the beer. I'm in. This time. Uh, Arrogant Bastard, first of all, has a hilarious description on the side of the can that is, you know, totally fitting to the name of the beer. It is basically telling you that you suck and you, you probably don't like this beer because you're not good enough for Maybe it. Maybe someday Robin will read it to me. Someday. As we know, Joe don't I read never so good. learned how to read. That's... Ah, there's my Wayne's World call. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> I, I got it back. There you go. There you go. But this is a, it, an ale. It's very hoppy. Yes. Which you don't necessarily expect. It's extremely strong. It's bitter. It's, yeah, bitter. Bitter. Bitter and, and almost, I would say, stouty. When when it comes down to it, it is thick. It's got a little spice to it. It's foamy. It's dark in color. Yep. And it's it's like a hoppy stout in, in yeah. my feeling. It's, it's got the malty hoppy. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's technically an American strong ale. So it's Which not, it is. It's not a stout, but it, American Strong Ale is pretty good description of what this beer is like. So <clears throat> it's a, it's good. I love Arrogant Bastard. Having it in these wonderful six packs of tall cans is perfect for the kind of pack it in, pack yep. it out mentality. Yep. And that, 7.2%. Yeah. And we talked about it before with strong beers. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not necessarily the best to bring out in the 22-ounce bottle form because mm-hmm. that's a lot. But you can, you know, watch yourself a little bit easier with a 16-ounce yeah. can. And, man, it just looks cool. Like, you're going to see pictures on our Instagram. It's, like, matte black. Mm-hmm. It's a super cool can. Yeah. The six-pack is super cool. It's an awesome beer that I think I, I really enjoyed the beer. I do. I did. And I think I like it even more now in the can. And I feel like we talked about it with Torpedo, too. Uh, can does change the flavor a little bit. It does. Yeah. But I'm super into how it changes later. 
No, I agree. And I personally, for me, the the cans. I like that the cans are are less likely to be left in the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if a glass bottle breaks, you got those glass shards all over the place. Unless you have a bottle keeper. <clears throat> Unless you have a bottle keeper. But the can, you know, if, if us personally, we never leave any trash on the site. We're more likely to bring trash off of the disc right, golf course with us. It. You know, take it. You know, take everything you take with you and take one thing away. If everybody, every disc golfer did that, we would have a pristine course. And the majority do. Like, most courses that we play anyways are pretty darn pristine. Yeah. We find maybe a bottle every few rounds yeah. or a can every few rounds. But occasionally you, you find stuff and it's just, you know, it's a bummer to see it. But I think that cans are, are more conducive to that. So, personally, I like seeing great beers in cans because it just, to me, represents an easier, you know, you finish it, you can crush it, put it in a bag. It's, it's you More know, durable, it's, too. It's easier to, to, to be a more responsible citizen, I think, for most people. Not that I would leave a bottle somewhere, but I think just overall, in general, it makes it easier for people to, right. to not be jerks. Let's put it that way. Well, I think in, the, like, the 16-ounce or larger can, yes. Yeah. Um, I do, I'm going to have my, this is my, uh, soapbox moment. <laughs> this episode of what of, grinds Joe's gears. Yeah, don't, I, I mean, I understand it, but like when people are bringing out an 18 pack of Budweiser soon to be America uh-huh. on the course, there's way more chance to leave a can behind. There are these small cans that are going to be rolling around in your bag all yeah. over the place. And listen. From experience, you knock down eight to ten of these twelve ounce <laughs> beers through a long day. You know, like yeah, probably like six rounds, like right? between like nine a.m. and and one p.m. Right, uh, the next day, right? Because it's like a marathon. Uh, <laughs> say you knock down a, a handful of these beers, you gotta stop and use the restroom like every other hole, which nobody really wants to do. Like that's no fun. I'm telling you, get Joe has the tiniest bladder of any human I've ever listen, met. Listen, but I fixed it, at least on a disc golf course, <laughs> by switching up to like a couple twenty twos or some of these like <laughs> don't get that water beer. Don't get that like four percent that you're gonna knock down uh, you know, three of instead of one, which I would normally do. Uh-huh. Uh it's it's better for the environment, <clears throat> it's better for the course. And it's better for you and your game. I think the real point is craft beer is way awesomer than... It totally is. Yeah. Totally. 100%. And Joe mentioned it, but Budweiser is doing a, a promotional marketing thing where they're going to rebrand their their Budweiser as America. Which is a company through, that's no longer election owned by season. an American company. Yeah. So through election season, you're going to be able to buy Budweiser cans that just are called America on them. So yay. I, I will not purchase any of those. I yay for that. I mean, I love America. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, me too. But not like the beer America, like America, like, anyways. Like, why can't it just still be Budweiser? Right. I don't understand. What's more American than Budweiser, even though it's not owned by an American company any longer? Anyways, we we can move past that. Let's move to the the disc. The disc that we're pairing with Arrogant Bastard is the Boss by Innova, which is a 13-speed distance driver that carries a glide of five. And we're also bosses in our current... uh, companies so we thought it'd be a little bit funnier that way to, that's a pretty to arrogant to. thing to say huh <laughs> then i nailed it that's a win right there 
So the, the boss is the 13-speed driver. Now there are multiple plastics for the, for the boss that carry different flight numbers. So for the champion, you have a speed 13, a glide of 5, a turn of 0, and a fade of 3. Now for star, the difference is that the turn is minus 1. Mm -hmm. So, um, but aside from the G star that you own, mm -hmm. I don't think either of us have ever thrown a star enough to get it to actually be a minus one. I've had stars that that that, that oh, I oh really? Yeah, I've, I've had yeah, one absolutely. and I lost it. Yeah, far too quickly. Yeah, um, definitely. The now when they both are brand new, I still think that brand new a star boss you can tell. If yeah. You, if you throw a champion boss and a star boss right away next to each other out of the box. Well, yeah, that's because a champ box out of the box is like one of the most meat hookiest discs ever. There are. I've had a couple of champion bosses, especially the newer runs of them, uh, that I just didn't understand why they were so overstable. And I love them. And Joe loves that, but I couldn't stand it. Yeah, we so, have this. We have this good uh, partnership worked out where Robin buys new champ bosses. And then I get to throw them for like a few months to beat them in. And then once they don't hook up automatically for me anymore, I give them back to them. Yeah, it works great. It's, a, it's I love beautiful. It. So I uh, have been throwing the boss as my main distance driver for a long time. Yeah. Probably eight years um, that, that I've been throwing them. And I actually have one that, that was one of my first ones ever from that point that's a champion boss. That has been beat to a point that's not repeatable. Uh, like, no. I wouldn't. It's it's essentially irreplaceable. It's very understable. Um, I can get some really big distance with it just because of that under right. that understable flight path that gives me some some long long turn out of the disc. Uh, the boss is a the max distance driver, the world record driver for David Wiggins that we talked about. Mm -hmm. The R Pro boss that he threw. Which was a very lightweight boss, but right. it is notable. and then part of that there were Blizzard bosses doing it yep. too. So the boss is technically the the max distance throw disc for Innova as well. I like them. I specifically throw Feldberg bosses primarily, and I have you a, can get them. I have a G Star boss that I also throw um, fairly frequently. But the Feldberg boss, which was has was out. You know, starting around 2008 and, and a little bit before that, that that came out. I've got a lot of those, and I just really like, I find that those are nice. They they kind of have a nice mix of the stability and, you know, can also get a straight flight out of them. You can use them for backhand or forehand drives. It is a high-speed driver, so it's an overstable disc. And it's got a big old rim, which I love. Yeah, you're going to typically get a, you know, pretty decent fade out of it. Um, in a straight flight, it takes either a beat-in version or a very powerful arm to to get you know big turn out of it. Now a G-Star boss. Right before you go there, we talked about the like the distance ones. If you are basing your feelings about a boss on a Blizzard boss, yeah, you're totally wrong. Yeah, don't do that. They are insanely different yeah. I, and i yes. wish i had a better explanation why well a every, very lightweight one you can you can every get blizzard, blizzard boss i've ever owned and that's like four of them because i went through my period of what goes the furthest so that'll that's what i'll buy were sky rollers yeah. every every single one i ripped just turn over into the ground mm -hmm. um 
there is a huge difference between a lightweight Blizzard boss mm-hmm. and like a 175 fresh champion yeah. boss. Drastic difference. There is. And the boss has been around for a long time. It's a kind of a staple mold. And so you can get it in a lot of different plastics and a lot of different blends and, and Blizzard. And uh, yeah, if you get a, a lightweight Blizzard boss, it is not going to behave like a, a max weight I um, bought champion one, or star boss. I bought one from the Innova factory store. Mm-hmm. Um, like on a whim, like it was an X out Blizzard. You can get them as low as 128. Yep. I got a 128 Blizzard Boss. I called it Butterfly. Yeah. Uh, and I could rip it the hardest, like most vertical hyzer possible mm-hmm. thing would, would be a sky roller. Yeah. Like it would just get but up, flip over, hit the ground like and roll. like a Scooby. Oh, it yeah. Crazy. It was ridiculous. Yeah. That was like totally one of those discs that I threw one day for fun uh for a second drive, and it went super far right, and I went, all right, someone got themselves mm-hmm. a Blizzard boss yeah. because I don't care about it enough to go find. So I, I personally like the boss and throw the boss because it's a disc that works well for me both forehand and backhand. Mm-hmm. So out of one mold in a distance driver, I can get a, a disc that I can trust on a forehand shot along with a, a max distance uh, backhand shot and that's why I like it. Um, you know, you can get them in, in various stabilities based on the plastic that you choose, whether you decide to beat in a champion one long enough to, to get the flight you want, or you can start with a G-Star. If you if you start with a G-Star boss, uh, fairly quickly right out of the box, you can get flat flight out of right. out of them for, for very good distance and, and even get a little turn. Um, and as as they beat in, you'll you can get some more turn out of it for bigger distance out of them. So... If you're looking to check out a, a a boss, I'd say you could you know G Star is a, a good way to check it out. I and I and I um, Robin threw bosses and I really dug how it looked and I think I like threw one of his and I picked up a few of my own. I went away from it for a few months and I'm just now getting back to it. Uh, I dig it and I do think it totally is worth putting the time into a champ. Mm-hmm. It's worth grinding and you know pulling it out just when you have big headwinds or throwing when you have open spaces and throwing big hyzer bombs it is a cool disc and you can you know once you have one beat decently you know you can flip one to flat and it'll go on a laser beam and it's a three fade it'll still get you a good amount of fade but Mm -hmm. it won't be that huge you know hooking up and going way left out of the way um, I, I dig the boss. It's, yeah. it's definitely, it was a staple of mine and I, it's, it found its way back to my bag and it's become a staple again. Now it should be said it's a 13 speed driver. So not necessarily for everyone. Right. Um, probably I'm still under throwing this disc in terms of, in terms of speed. Right. And it's, it's the beat that we're putting so, on it that are getting them to so be. That's, the that's right why speed for us. Joe says that he, he beats them in for me. Cause I, I really don't like the boss until I have it beat into a point where I get a little bit of understability to it that I can work with. Um, a lot of the brand new champion ones that I've gotten are, are difficult for me to utilize except in a forehand situation or a specialty type right. shot. 
It's the, the G-Star one that I love, and I've got a, a probably, I think I've got four or five Feldberg bosses that over the years I've, I've worked into a, to what I consider to be, you know, really good perfection. One really pretty dyed one that so, he talked me out of. So, uh, that's, but not necessarily, if you, if you don't have a, a high arm speed, the boss is probably not a great disc for you. You can do lower weights, but I would always, always, always recommend for any player, don't get a distance driver at a lower weight, get a mid-range or a fairway, yeah. and, and work with those instead. You, you don't need a max distance driver and a lower weight to get big distance. You can learn how to get it from mm -hmm. a fairway driver or a lower speed disc. Um, now, now, if you pick one up um, and your arm speed's not big and you need, you know, like a super specialty, like you need to, something that's going to just turn for you real quick, you can check it out. There's there's definitely better discs to do that mm -hmm. for you. Like a turn, for instance. Well, I mean more like an overstable oh, yeah. disc. Gotcha. You know, I would probably say like go Firebird or, uh -huh. or something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, don't, don't step up to the boss if... If you're not ready, um, like we said, like fresh out of the box, not, neither one of us can really throw mm -hmm. these guys. We are lucky enough that we play, and I don't know if it's actually lucky. It might be worse. We have a lot of open spaces, and I feel like I'm more accurate on a big booming hyzer than I am mm -hmm. throwing straight at something. Mm -hmm. So for me to be able to pull out like a fresh boss and know it's, you know, 320 out, and I can just throw it up in the sky to the hook. right and, yeah. and hook it in because I, I feel it's, comfortable with that, I'll, I'll pull it out all the time. There's no doubt that the, the big hyzer shot is one of the most dependable, consistent shots in the game in terms of, you know, you're not going to get a lot of variation from that flight path if you put it on there right. Now, yeah. you can release it wrong and have it not work right, but in terms of, of hitting your line, the, the hyzer shot is, there's no doubt. It's, if you've got yep. it there, it's probably the best shot to take. Yeah, so if you, uh, you know, if you if you have a big arm and you're throwing like an 11, 12 speed and and things are turning over or you just want to check something out, like I, I highly recommend getting a boss. Mm -hmm. Like I'm I blown agree. away every every time we watch a tournament, we watch Innova Pros that don't have boss in their bag. Like I don't it's get it. It's pretty much David Wiggins and that's it. David Wiggins, and there was that, I, I wish I remember his name, from one of the Monterey Bay ones. Yeah. That threw a lot of them. Mm -hmm. um, so, but, uh, you know, the Destroyer largely overshadows the boss, and the Destroyer is a great distance driver as yep. well. But uh, it's it's that's the one that you see typically with, uh, with most people. And, again, another one that you can get very, very similar um, you know, flight paths and in uh, different plastics and different stabilities, but... We'll get to a destroyer eventually. Yeah, it'll happen. It has to happen. Yeah, it does. But that's it. So, Joe, I, I've showed my hand already. You already know I throw the boss regularly and, and, and need it for every single one of my rounds. I love the beer. I'm all in on this one. Where do you stand? I am too. The Like I said, the boss was one of my main drivers, if not my main driver. Um, I moved away from a little bit. Um, I had a nice spurt of time where... My arm was better than it is now, and I also probably, and I've said this multiple times, Anheuser a little bit more than I am. I'm in, like, a really bad Heiser funk. Mm -hmm. uh, so it kind of works coming back to my bag now. Um, it is a disc like the one I have. I have a, a, a Champ um, Max weight, but I've beat it in. Uh, it's got some wear and tear. I can flip it to flat 
when I crank it really hard. Um, but it's dependable. You know, yeah. I know I can reach my bag and say, this is a boss. It's going to fly like a boss. It's going to do what I want. But I also, I carry, I'm currently beating one in for you that I do use for my big spike hyzers. Mm-hmm. It's my go-to spike hyzer or insane headwind. Like, that's my go-to disc because mm-hmm. there's no way I'm turning that thing over. So I, I for sure bag, uh, and I totally forgot about that disc. I was yeah. like, I've been carrying a boss forever, and I just now have brought one back into a normal distance driver mm-hmm. piece of mine. Of course, I love the beer. And like I said, in the can, buying them in six-pack, yeah, all in. Can't so, beat it. So, yeah, it's, it's all, it's all chains. chains. All chains for sure. Absolutely. And that's all we got for you in this episode. So throw some disc golf, throw some discs at things, throw some stuff at stuff, however you want to do it. Hit us up on uh, Twitter at the disc pod. You hit us up on Instagram at the disc golf podcast. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash the disc golf podcast. Let us know what you think. Keep sending those deer reviews. Like I said, we got a few winners that yeah. we will probably notify pretty soon here. Uh, keep sending them in. We dig them. We love hearing from you guys. We're starting to get more and more comments. And uh, I've said it before. We're not making money. We're not trying to make money. Like what fuels us? One, that we get to throw discs and drink beer. But two, hearing from you guys and knowing that y'all are having a good time and enjoying yourselves. Agreed. Every time. And, and we'll, we will get back to you. You send us a message. We will yes. get back. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the disc golf action. Coming up, we don't got a lot of it, but soon, in a couple of weeks, we have the Masters Cup, and that's going to be awesome. Ooh. Looking forward Which, to that. Where's that at? It's at De La Viega. So, I, I know we just said we're wrapping so. up, but Robin and I started a really cool tradition a couple of years ago that uh, we're going to keep going. And actually, you know, this is a great time, and I'm going to solidify that we're going to make this happen. Okay. And we'll talk about it at length, but Father's Day is a terrific thing for a disc golfing father. And a couple years back, we did what we called Father's Day Law, which is we took the family down there and played De La Viega on Father's Day. And we think that that should be a regular thing. Totally. So it's it's Father's Day Law. Uh, We live, you know, two hours, two and a half hours uh, northeast of Santa Cruz. So it's not a horrible drive. It's definitely doable. Um, If you're in the area, there's a very good chance we'll be there. I can't guarantee it. But if you hit us up, maybe we can grab beer, maybe play around. Yeah. Uh, Father's Day Law, make it a thing. Yeah. Because it's pretty awesome. Hashtag Father's Day Law. All right. Have a good round. Throw stuff and stuff. Take it easy.